Welcome to the BC Heritage Fairs interview cast. On this podcast, we'll be sharing interviews with our students about their projects. This is episode one, a Nasty's project on Welcome Home Operation Syrian Refugee. All right, so Anesti's project is called Welcome Home Operation Syrian Refugee. Uh, he is 11 years old and proud to be Greek, Italian, and Korean Canadian. So he is going to present, then I'm going to show the video that he made, the stop motion video, uh, and then we'll have some questions. So uh, Anesti, go ahead. Hello, my name is Anastasia Jung, and I'm excited to share with you all what I've learned about Syrian refugees in Canada. In March 2011, the people of Syria were protesting against their dictating government because they wanted democracy. The government shut down the protests with tanks, guns, and violence, and many people died. The next day, the funerals of the people that had died were attacked, and the fighting continued to grow. To fight against the government, the Free Syria Army was formed. The army consisted of civilians wanting democracy and affected soldiers that were willing to fight. Syria became a place that was unsafe for people. Many homes and communities were destroyed and the people fled for the safety of the surrounding countries of Jordan, Turkey, and Iraq. 11 million people were displaced and found themselves seeking refuge in refugee camps. Life in refugee camps is hard. There's often not enough food, it's really crowded and it's supposed to be a temporary place, but many people have been there for many years. In response to the war in Syria, the Canadian government decided to create Operation Syrian Refugee. Their goal was to welcome 25,000 Syrian refugees over the span of 100 days, from November 2015 to February 2016. There were five phases in OSR. In phase one, the government worked with non-governmental organizations to find refugees that were wanting to be resettled in Canada. In phase two, they brought in many workers to process the refugees for medical, criminal, and security checks. In phase three, the refugees were given transport to Canada through 99 flights, including some military aircrafts. In phase four, the refugees were welcomed to Canada in the airports of Montreal and Toronto, and then went on to their final destination. In the final phase, the government worked with organizations to provide English classes and services to help them settle well in Canada. They also received warm clothes and food. Most refugees are given support to find housing for a year. After learning about all, all of Syria, I talked with my neighbor that's a Syrian refugee and I couldn't imagine what they've been through. I asked them how their experience was in Canada and if they were happy. I noticed the kids were very happy in Canada. They felt like they had good friends, they're fluent in English, and they enjoyed Canadian things like pizza. But the mom of the family said that, that Canada doesn't feel like their home. She misses her community in Syria, and she, she's found it hard to learn English. And she's found that some people are not welcoming to refugees, and some of her families experience racism. I also noticed similar experiences in my Nelson textbook. It made me wonder, do Syrians feel at home in Canada? I realize it's mine and it's yours and it's the person who lives across the street from you. It's our responsibility as Canadians to learn about the experience of refugees, to make sure that we understand what happened to them. It's our responsibility as Canadians to get to know refugee families living in our community to make sure that they feel welcomed. It's our responsibility as Canadians to support organizations that continue to support refugees to settle well in Canada. And finally, it's our responsibility as Canadians to every day welcome home Syrian refugees in Canada.
Great, thank you. So I'm going to show the stop motion that you made. This is the Ali family. Noor, Ahmed, Mrs. Ali, and Mr. Ali live in Damascus, Syria. In 2011, a civil war broke out in Syria, and in 2012, the Ali family's house was destroyed by a bomb. They were lucky enough to escape, but all their house and all their possessions were destroyed. Fleeing from the fighting in Syria, they lived for two years in a refugee camp in Jordan until they were chosen by the Canadian government for Operation Syrian Refugee and brought to BC. After two years, the kids have friends, speak English well, and are doing well in school. They feel like they are welcome. They love Canada, and they feel like it's their home. On the other hand, the parents don't feel welcome. They don't have a strong community, they don't have a lot of friends, and some people are mean to them. They are having trouble learning English, making it hard to work and communicate with other people. The adults don't feel like Canada is their home. What can you do to make the whole family feel welcome? Okay, so what do you think? How can we make refugees feel welcome? So say if a refugee family just just moved into your community, you could just maybe like go over to their house and, and be like, hi, welcome to our community. And just know you went out of your way to welcome them. And yeah, that's awesome. Just talking to people and finding out, hearing their stories. How did hearing the story of, of this family that's your neighbor um, impact your decision to do um, this project? Uh, so... I actually interviewed them for my project. Okay, so what made you decide to do this topic then? So I, I was already learning a lot from reading a bunch of books and then I thought it would be cool because we had neighbors that are Syrian. And so I decided to do my project on them. Okay, very cool. Um, what impact do you think that the the topic of Syrian refugees has made um, in, in Canadian history? I think it shows how we can make them feel at home here because I don't think they're gonna go home. This might be their home forever now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they should feel welcome at their house. Yeah, absolutely. What was the most valuable resource for your project? Um, it was probably the books I read because I learned a lot from them. Okay. Did you have a favorite book that you read? I think it was Refugee by Alan Gratz. Okay. And what was so good about that book? It was just like really well written and it was just like such a moving story. Okay. Um, how did you determine whether your research sources were reliable or not? So the Syrian family next door, I feel like they'd be like a very primary source because they experienced it firsthand. And the Government of Canada website for, for when I was researching OSR, I feel like that would be a really good source because it's a primary source because the government created it and organized it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Has researching this topic changed your perspective on the issues of, of refugees and Syrian refugees in particular? Yeah, but like when I was reading books before, I, I, I kind of got what was going on, kind of didn't. But in researching this, I, I now fully know what's happening in Syria. 
Okay. Yeah, it's a huge topic trying to research any kind of war, right? So do you think it's necessary to spread awareness of your topic and how, how do you plan to do that moving forward? So I think very much so we, we should spread it so that, so that Syrian refugees know that they're welcome and that we can welcome other Syrian refugees in our community. And then I think a good way that, that we could do that is like, I, I made a stop motion. So the stop motion, it's like something that like kids normally would watch. And if they watch it, they'll be like, I didn't know about that stuff. And then they talk to their parents about it. And maybe if they find a family, then they'll figure out about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Hope, it's a, it's a, it's a, like an apartment building in Surrey for refugees. Like they're allowed to stay there two years. And then it's basically kind of like a community. It's like its own. So that's for people who were, that's in Syria itself? Uh, No, it's in Surrey. Oh, in Surrey, sorry. For all refugees, like from different countries around the world. Okay. And how do you think that helps refugees to be able to have um, contact with refugees from other places in the world? I feel like they can know people that they've been through kind of the same thing and that they can relate with them. Awesome. Do you want to tell me a little bit about your board and how you designed it? So the background of the board, this is the Syrian flag, and then this is the Canadian flag, and then there's two hands above it shaking together. This is the current flag of Syria, but that's the flag of the dictatorship. The people that are fighting for freedom, they use this flag. This is the, this is the freedom, this is the Syria freedom flag. Okay. So the civil war in Syria is still going on then? Yeah. Okay. So this first section is about the conflict in Syria, like what, what started it and what happened. The, the middle part is about OSR. And the, and the third part is about, is like, do Syrians feel at home in Canada? And it's like what we can do. And, and there's actually like a, like a, like charts here of there were refugees surveyed and they answered what they feel. Do you want to tell us about the responses? I think that's really interesting. So for the level of English, mostly mostly they were all beginner English, like maybe like they know how to say hi and goodbye in, in a couple words. Um, then, then no English and intermediate were around the same. And then 2% of all of the refugees were advanced in English. So then the problems with housing, most of them were, there was too high rent. Um, uh, 46% said it was too small. 26% said it was dirty. Um, some said the location, like far away from like a school or a hospital and, and bad neighborhood was 7%. Oh, okay. And the emotional well-being of the family, most of them were happy. Some of them were very happy or sad. And then 16% was depressed. Yeah. Physical health of the family, mostly it was good uh, or very good. Then it would be fair, excellent, or poor. Okay. Then the children all being in school, mostly it, they, were, they were feeling very good or good. Then 17% said excellent and 15% said fair. 
Okay. So what is the most interesting thing you learned through this process, either about your topic or about doing research and presenting your, your topic? I think maybe that similar things were happening in the same countries at the same time. So there's this thing called the Arab, Arab Spring. It's when places like Tunisia, Egypt, Libya, and Syria all staged protests to protest against the dictating governments. So in Tunisia and Egypt, they were successful and now they have a democracy, but in Libya and Syria, they have civil war. Okay. So it was more than just what was happening in Syria. There was lots of things happening at the same time. And why do you think that it's important for young people to discuss uh, history and Canadian heritage? Because um, I I found this quote somewhere. If we don't if we don't fix stuff right now, history will repeat itself. That's kind of saying that if we do something and we if like something happens and we don't tell other people about it, it might happen again. And then my last question for you today is: Is there anything else you'd like to tell me that I haven't asked about? My most uh, my most valuable resource was the books I read because they, because they gave like a lot of information. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your project with us. It's been really great to talk to you. Thank you for listening to episode one of the BC Heritage Fairs interview cast. BC Heritage Fairs Society is a nonprofit society based in BC, Canada, which transforms young historians into community leaders. This podcast is run by our alumni team. You can see more about our alumni at bcheritagefairsalumni.wordpress.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BC Heritage Fairs. See you next time. Thank you.